Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Very exciting program for you today. My guest is Dan Millman, is a former world trampoline champion, Hall of Fame gymnast, university coach, college professor, and best-selling author, whose books include Way of the Peaceful Warrior, The Love, Spirit, and Light, and The Life You Were Born to Live, which have inspired millions of people in more than 20 languages. His books and seminars have influenced people from all walks of life. And his website is... DanMillman.com, and we're talking today about his book, Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior, a companion to the book that changes lives. Welcome, Dan. Well, thank you, Patricia. I really like the name of your program, Positive Living. It's not positive thinking, which um, is is a tough um, a tough act, but positive living we can all do because we have good control, more control over our behavior, how we act in any given moment than whatever emotions or thoughts happen to be passing through us. So I yeah. think it's a great uh, title for a, for a show. Thank you. And I know that one of your main concepts is that something you've just been on, that you just said, it's not what you're thinking, it's actually what you do. Well, yes, and that's quite different. It goes against the tide of much of a New Age and so-called spiritual teachings that tell us we have to fix our insides we have to have just positive thoughts and the feelings of compassion and love and happiness in order to live well. But I've observed, and maybe, maybe your listeners have, that um, all kinds of feelings pass through us quite naturally, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, same with thoughts. But uh, if we focus more on what we do, uh, in other words, we can act with courage even when we're feeling afraid. We can act with confidence even when we're feeling shy. That takes a warrior spirit, and that's why... I emphasize uh, in this approach to living, I call the way of the peaceful warrior, is about living with a peaceful heart, but not totally peaceful and passive, not totally warrior-like and aggressive, but peaceful heart, warrior spirit, standing up tall inside of ourselves. And so even if we're feeling, even if we're feeling negative feelings, angry thoughts, sometimes maybe even mean thoughts, really counts as how we then act act toward that person or toward that situation. And we can forgive ourselves even if we have these thoughts. Because sometimes we blame ourselves when we have these negative thoughts. Well, one thing, one, you know, I try to be common sense, realistic, and practical. And, and if there were a terrible storm outside right now, wherever someone is listening, um, and if I ask, is it that person's responsibility, is it their fault that there's a storm, people would say, well, no, of course not, because I can't control that. And so I think we can all agree we're responsible for what we can control. We are not responsible for what we can't control. Most people would say, well, yeah, that makes sense. The question is, can we control our thoughts? Can we control our emotions? If we can't, we are simply not responsible for them. If we can, then we are responsible for them. And if people take a very close, fresh look, not because of what they've been told or read in books, but if they take a close look, do we have a spam filter? Can we stop certain thoughts from arising? In fact, I suggest if someone wants to become obsessed about something, the best way to do that is try not to think about it all day. Mm-hmm. Thoughts come and thoughts go, the same with feelings. So, you know, sometimes something piques us and we get we feel happy or sad or jealous or, or angry. 
And that's a perfectly human and natural thing to have happen. We can't force ourselves to think. If we had control over our feelings, I would just tell everyone, okay, feel happy from now on, class exactly. is dismissed. Exactly. So what, what you're doing is you're really saying it's the end result in terms of your action. And that's what you really have to look at here. Well, if we look and at our lives closely. where the warrior comes in. Yeah. And if we look at our lives closely, we're going to notice that our lives have been built upon what we've done over time. Not the all the beliefs about, oh, no, my thoughts have created my reality. Well, sure, we, things start with an image, a vision, a dream, a goal. I'm all for that. But um, I believe in dreaming big, but starting small and then connecting the dots. Okay. How is your book, way, Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior, different from the way of the peaceful warrior? Well, since we hit the ground running here, let me, let me um, uh, provide a context. Uh, my first book, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, was based upon... Uh, true elements of, from my life, but also fictional elements blended in for the sake of story, about an old man I met in a gas station about 3 o'clock in the morning who wouldn't tell me his real name, but he reminded me of the old Greek sage, so I started calling him Socrates. He's played by Nick Nolte in the Peaceful Warrior movie, which will be out on DVD in a couple of months now. Oh, and And, and it's, it's a comeback story, the original book. I, I shattered my right leg in many pieces in a motorcycle crash, and it was about my coming back to becoming an athlete again. Um, so there's a number of facets to the original way of the peaceful warrior. But it took me 25 years of time passing before I was ready to write Wisdom, which is my 13th book, actually. And Wisdom clarifies the original teaching. So many people ask me over two decades, well, what, why did Socrates say this and what did he mean by that? So now I can just finally refer people to the book, which clarifies it all. So that's why I wrote Wisdom. It's not, it says it's a companion book, but it's more than that. Actually, it fulfills the first book. No one really understands the teachings in that first book, and millions mm-hmm. of people have read it um, until they've read Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior. And I had so, to wait until now to write it. Now, I think that you explained what the Peaceful Warrior was, but tell us again, what would be your definition of a Peaceful Warrior? Because it almost seems like an oxymoron to be a Peaceful Warrior. Well, it does. Uh, one term seems opposite of the other, but actually one balances the other. Um, we're all peaceful warriors in training because, you know, there are people, literal warriors, people who put themselves in a harm's way, police, military, who are dodging bullets and so on some of the time, and we have to give them credit. That takes tremendous courage. Um, whether they feel courage or not, they have to behave that way. They have little choice. And and so I want to acknowledge that's the most literal meaning of the term warrior. And there's also the samurai of Japan, the warrior tradition of training body, mind, and spirit, or the inner training. Um, so, but so when I say we're all warriors in training, peaceful warriors, I'm talking about the fact that we've all faced adversity, we've all experienced physical, emotional, and mental pain in our lives, and we're all a bit wiser, stronger, and more compassionate for having gone through those difficulties. Daily life is not an easy affair. When we look at what we've all gone through, trauma, small and large at times, uh, areas of health, finances, relationships, that's why we're all in training. And it's, it's a different image. When we hold to that image that each of us is a peaceful warrior, we roll up our sleeves and we step into the fray and we deal with things. Rather than just kind of feeling like a victim, we step forward and say, okay, if I chose this on some level, it's an operating belief. If I chose everything that happened to me on some level, I might as well make the best of it. We don't have to pretend to like difficulties that come in our path, but when they arise, and they will inevitably as part of life, we can remember this is our training. It's a form of spiritual weightlifting. So that's mm. the best way I could discuss the idea of that all of us are peaceful warriors in training. Mm. 
What was the experience like for you to have the book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, your first book, made into a movie? Well, pretty surreal. That's the best way I can describe it. It's rare to have to have a book that has, you know, been published in almost 29 languages now, I think, um, and to have it turned into a film that actually turned out pretty well. Uh, it's rare that authors are at all happy with, with films made of their books, but I think they did a, a, a credible job in terms, creditable job in terms of, um, even though it only covers the first two-thirds of the book, leaving out the most important part, actually, it still managed to convey many valuable lessons, and it's a way to penetrate the mainstream with a really entertaining film uh, that people will like just for the entertainment value. But what also makes this has a spiritual film? What makes spiritual film? Spiritual film, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, first of all, there have been many films, mainstream films, very popular films, that have dealt with paranormal or metaphysical themes like ghost phenomenon, field of dreams, resurrection, what dreams may come, and my all-time favorite, Groundhog Day. Um, and these these films had kind of spiritual content, but they weren't heavily on message. They were entertaining films that dealt with those paranormal-type themes. More lately, we've had films that have not really been major motion pictures, but they've carried a lot of content and message, like Celestine Prophecy, uh, Conversations with God, What the Bleep, uh, late, more lately, The Secret. Films like that are um, aimed at the, the spiritual audience, people searching for something to, to manifest a better life for themselves. Um, whether they're spiritual or not is a longer debate, but um, they are very popular, but they're sort of preaching to the converted. And Peaceful Warrior is a bit different in the sense that it is the first film that sets the bar. It really sets the standard. It bridges between a good three-act structure, good screenplay, excellent acting, uh, very, very good production values, an entertaining story, full of heart, inspiration, but also has substance. I call it cinema with substance, that people won't forget about it by the time that they get to their car. So I think it bridges uh, the two worlds quite well. I'm sure that one of the things in the movie, because this is such a big concept, is intuition. We all have intuition, but a lot of us don't trust it. Talk about the relevance of that and how important it is. Well, let me bring the example down to earth. A friend of mine is an expert in uh, law enforcement, and he studied thousands of police reports where women had been mugged or attacked in their apartment or home. They let someone in because they had an electric company, you know, overalls on, they had a van outside. And um, so they let them in instead of calling the company first. But on every single one of those reports, those women said, I had a bad feeling about it. But they didn't trust. They didn't listen to that feeling. We're so trained to value our left brain, linear and logical brain, over our intuitive sense that often we all have intuitive sense, men and women, but we don't listen to it. We, we don't justify We go, well, so I feel funny about this. You know, this would be socially awkward, for example, to tell someone, no, you can't come in. i got to call the company first just to double-check. Sorry, don't want to offend you. But um, they didn't trust that. And there's a wonderful book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker. He really knows what he's talking about, where he talks about intuitive fear um, and how to protect ourselves from real dangers and not worry about the ones that aren't as real. So... Again, in one of my books, Everyday Enlightenment, The Twelve Gateways to Personal Growth, I have um, one chapter on trusting your intuition where I go into that more deeply. But it is a matter of feeling our way through life by, in terms of our inner senses, 
rather than just trying to think our way through life. Anybody who's tried to make a decision using only their left brain knows the difficulties. We weigh variables, ins and outs, pros and cons, benefits and liabilities. Um, mm. But there is another way to, you know, if we wake up with a funny feeling after making a decision the night before, I would listen to that because okay. that's, that's, again, our right brain speaking to us. And All right, we're going to take a break. Sure. When we come back, we're talking to Dan who was the author of the best-selling book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, now made into a forthcoming movie on DVD. And his newest book is Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior, a companion to the book that can changes lives. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What's wrong with the airlines today? Why are they all in bankruptcy? What exactly is airline deregulation? Exactly how does luggage get lost? Why can't they do something to improve the security screenings process? What airline stocks should I buy? Find out on Jack Cady's All Things Aviation, an eclectic insider's look into the airline and aviation business. From how to get through airport security quicker, the future of the airline industry, what airline hubs to connect at, problems facing private pilots, what airline stocks to invest in, how to kill time at an airport, the effect of oil prices on airfares, how to get a good seat, websites for getting the lowest airfares, airline safety, and knowing your travel rights. Jack Cady, an aviation professional with over 35 years experience, covers it all. Jack Cady's All Things Aviation broadcast each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Jack Cady's All Things Aviation, informative insight on travel, airlines, airports, and anything in between from a seasoned professional. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel conversation at a click of a mouse voiceamerica.com hi everyone we're back my guest is dan millman and we are talking about his newest book 
The Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior. And you can catch his new movie, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which is based on his best-selling book, which is coming out in DVD in May very soon. Welcome back, Dan. Thanks, Patricia. By the way, for those who don't know, actually, uh, the Peaceful Warrior film was the first of so-called spiritual cinema that had a major national release. It was released in 850 theaters. In fact, Universal Pictures gave away uh, almost $15 million worth of free tickets for the opening weekend. Everyone who was on my email list uh, got word of that and how to get free tickets and so on. But that weekend was several weeks ago. So it was, it's not just a straight-to-DVD movie. This had a national release. Um, and it's still playing in some theaters around the country. People could, have, could do a search for it on Fandango. Um, but, uh, but again, it's going to do hugely in, in DVD when it comes out. What would you say is the, is the message that's in that movie that you really want people to get? What's the message? Well, you know, they abstracted the, the, some of the central messages from the book in the movie, and uh, there are several, actually. One, and they're tied together. One of the things people most remember from the movie and also from my uh, initial book written in 1980 was the importance of keeping our attention focused on what's happening in front of us, in other words, in the present moment. Um, it's not radically new, the idea of living in the present. There have been a number of best-selling books uh, on that topic uh, since mine was written. But, you know, it's, it's, what it reminds us is the past and future are, can be nice places to visit, but we don't want to live there. And so many of us do. Mark Twain once said, I've had many troubles in my life, most of which never happened. <laughs> because most of our troubles are past and future. Anxieties about what might happen, regrets about the past, but the only moment of reality for any of us is now. Is now. It's all we have any control over, what we do in this moment. And the rest is either imagination or memory. And so that's one of the major themes in the movie. And going along with that is the idea that there are no ordinary moments. We treat certain moments as ordinary, like they don't really count for anything, and other moments as special. And Socrates uh, reminded me once, uh, several times, that there are no ordinary moments that we can practice every moment. And the quality of our moments end up being the quality of our lives. Yeah. You know, you've been a pioneer in this field. You were one of the first. And I remember in the late 70s, early 80s. And so you've watched the consciousness movement over the past, well, 25 years, and it's and now we're going on 30 years. What changes have you seen, Dan, and what is your vision about where we were and where we are now? Well, not being a real historian, um, I'm sure that could be quite an interesting article at some point on the changes, what's the same, what's different. Um, we've grown up, all of us, uh, whether we know it or not, in a psychotherapeutic type of culture, um, in the idea that we have to fix our insides, that's what spiritual life is about, uh, fixing our insides. And uh, there are a lot of beliefs that are largely unexamined that many people have. There's an old saying, if you make people think they think, they'll love you. But if you make them really think, they might resent you. <laughs> so so, so um, I try to, to be a voice of clarity and sanity and all this. In a way, we not too much has changed. I mean, there have been more books out. There are, were only a few classic books, you know, in the spiritual genre, other than the ancient classics, of course. There were the Analects of Confucius, uh, you know, Plato's Republic, uh, the, the, the uh, writings of Tuang Tzu and uh, Thomas Merton, the Way of Chuang Tzu and Lao Tzu, and the uh, poets, Kabir, Hafiz, Rumi, the Persian poets. Yes. Uh, there have been wonderful books throughout time, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Um, 
But each new generation needs new voices to express things in a way that modern men and women can relate to. Uh, so much has changed in terms of more books uh, in the popular media. Oprah's brought a lot of ideas to people. Some I agree with, some I don't. Um, but still, more people are talking about these ideas. But you know what? We still get up in the morning and go to work and take care of the kids. We still have our daily lives. And the biggest challenge that remains before us is not what we know, what we've heard or read, but it's what we do. Turning what we know into what we do is the key. And that's why we need to be peaceful warriors, because it is not easy to turn what we know into what we actually do. And I offer... Uh, when I have more time in my seminars and so on, I offer some very practical means to do just that. Yeah. So when you had, you were a, a world-class gymnast, and when you had your accident and had to heal, what advice, I guess the question is how you turn that around, and what advice you give to folks that you hit bottom in some way, you know, doing something they love, whether it's losing your sport or, or having to change that or a relationship or a job. What do you say to folks, Dan? Well, I could only offer some reminders based on spiritual or universal laws and uh, the laws of reality. And one of the things that's important for all of us to understand is that we can control our efforts, but we cannot control the outcome. We cannot control every time whether we sink a putt, make a basket, find love, or succeed in business. But the fact is, by making the efforts, we increase the odds of getting what we would like over not making the efforts. The wonderful basketball player, Michael Jordan, uh, said it very well. He said, you make 0% of the shots you don't take. So what we can do is to take the shot, and life is changed. By clinging to, by getting attached to, this has to happen. By playing God and thinking, thinking we know what should happen to make us happy, uh, there's a lot of fear and attachment there and disappointment. Because we can't predict what's going to happen. You know, that old saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so meanwhile, we're making plans. Life is unfolding. And the more we can flow with that, it's called the law of surrender, the law of acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's one of the laws in my little book, the laws of spirit, that reminds us that by learning to kind of go with the flow, like a good martial artist might, if they're attacked, facing a force, you learn to use it. You don't fight okay. it. So here's a personal question. Sure. So applying all of that to when you went through the injury with your sport mm -hmm. and going with the flow, was that what process did you have to go through to go with the flow? Because that has to be very difficult when you lose something you're, you know, so close to. Sure. Well, I and I go through it in other little ways. Uh, even today, we we all do. You know, things change. Um, uh, but. When it happened to me, I had a goal. Of course, I was aiming toward the Olympics, and then my leg was broken up into many pieces. It was quite painful and quite disappointing. Um, and what I did was, first, I experienced the normal emotions, sadness, depression, anger. I ran through that accident over and over in my mind, as anyone might. Gee, what could I have done differently? What should I have done differently? And all that. But that's quite natural. So I'm not going to give anyone a glib answer saying, oh, I just took a deep breath, you know, and said, oh, well, let it flow and let it go. No, of course not. I went through the normal emotions, but at the same time, I focused on healing, doing rehabilitation, working very hard, and I ended up, I did end up uh, less than a year later, after they pulled the rod out of the center of my leg, um, I ended up leading my team to our first national collegiate championship. Um, through very hard, focused work. 
But did I know that would happen? No. But I just, that's all I can do. That's what anybody can do. That's so you were able to get back into it. Yes, I was. And, and it's uh, in the book, it's related quite accurately, the story of what happened, and in the movie as well, in its, in its way. So, um, yeah, but, you know, some people don't come back. Sometimes you don't get back. It doesn't work out. But, some, you know, you know that old saying, God closes a door, opens a window, you know? Something else opens up. The end of one thing is the beginning of another. And, well, there's a story I tell in Peaceful Warrior about a man and his son who uh, were very poor. They owned one horse to pull the plow. And one day the horse ran away and all the neighbors said, oh, what terrible luck, we're so sorry. And the farmer shrugged and said, you know, you really can't tell whether things are good or bad luck or good luck. Who knows? Well, soon after, the horse came back into the corral leading five wild horses into the corral. And all the neighbors said, what wonderful luck. And the farmer just shrugged said, who knows, good, good or bad. Soon after, the son was trying to tame one of the wild horses and he fell off and broke his leg. And all the neighbors again said, what terrible luck. And the farmer just smiled, you know. And soon after, the army came to take all the young men for war. But the farmer's son was spared because of the broken leg. And we need to understand that. We don't know what's good luck and bad luck. That person who cuts you off in traffic so you miss the light and they just get through, you know, that's happened to us all. Um, That person might have saved your life at the next intersection. You never know. That's what the law of surrender is about is trust that life is mystery. We did the best we can moment to moment and let the rest go. Mm, Powerful. You have some universal laws of business. Share one of them with us. Well, you know, if I'm giving a a, a talk to a business group, I relate the laws to business. Um, But there's no laws of business. I mean, that's made up. Universal law is universal law. There's the law of balance. There's the law of choices, taking responsibility for our choices. The law of process, doing things one step at a time. Now, if someone were in business for themselves, let's say, I can apply it in this way. If someone is an entrepreneur and they're working for themselves, whether they're a psychotherapist, a musician, whatever they're doing, body worker, um, to be successful, you have to be good at two things. First, you have to be good at what you do, and that means practice. And the second thing is you have to be good at promoting what you do, because if no one knows you exist, you can't do them any good. So those are, are principles, let's say. They're not necessarily laws, but that's something that does apply to business. So when I talk to a business group, I really talk about universal laws and how they apply to life. And the people there can certainly also apply them and see their applications in their business. But there are no specific separate laws of business that are separate from the laws of life. All right. We're going to break. My guest is Dan Millman, who is the author of the best-selling book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, soon to be a movie on DVD, and the newest book, Peaceful, uh, his second book, or not his second book, he's written many, many books, but the book we're about today is the newest, and it's Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior, a companion to the book that changes lives. You're listening to a sexually supported version of Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. 
Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Live in the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune in to On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. We're back. Welcome back to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. My guest is the renowned pioneer in the consciousness movement, Milman. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, a world champion gymnast, Stanford coach, martial arts instructor, and college professor, and many, many more. And we're talking about his newest book, Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior, a companion to the book that changes lives. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you, I want to get a, an opinion from you because this is something that uh, has really taken hold right now in our culture, and that's the new movie and book, The Secret. And it's all about uh, the law of abundance and thinking about something and imaging it and manifesting it. Give us your take on that concept. Well, I have a couple things to say. Uh, first of all, I might um, the best answer I could give or best response is to mention my website because I have a blog right on the home page. People can click right on it. Uh, the first blog I did when I started it was on the secret. So I have some more nuanced comments, more detailed comments about the secret. And the website, by the way, you gave it as danmillman.com, which is correct, but many people don't know the spelling of my name. Peacefulwarrior.com gets to the same place. Okay. So I normally, and most people can spell peaceful warrior. And remember that. So um, they can look at that blog. But for now, commenting on the secret, first of all, we need to understand that there is a system of understanding the human being in the chakra system, different energy centers in the body that represent a different state of evolution. Most of us are dealing with the lower three chakras, which are survival and, you know, acquisitiveness, um, relationship, sexuality, and power or uh, will. And the greatest leap we can make is into the fourth chakra, which is into the heart. When we get to that chakra, when our awareness, our psyche, is centered around the heart, we are no longer saying, what do I want, what do I need, what do I prefer only. We're going, what is for the highest good of all concerned? That's when we really get into the spiritual arena of life. Below that is all about me. It's all about what can I get, how can I be happy, how can I get more stuff, more possessions. Now, the secret 
has very, very little to do with spirituality. It's sort of a metaphysical um, wrapping, uh, saying if you just use these metaphysical secrets about affirming and visualizing um, and focusing on things will effortlessly manifest, somehow because of quantum physics. Uh, I never quite connected that, but um, everything will manifest effortlessly. I haven't found that to be so. I- I've noticed that what I've worked for over time um, has come to me. So I don't think it's really spiritual. Um, it's more about getting stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting stuff. That is a part of life. It's wonderful to have a nice car, a nice house, a nice relationship. Um, I think that's terrific. Um, but I've found that the first basic step, of course, is having a goal, visualizing, uh, being clear on what you want. So that's one of the things I think the secret offers some good reminders of finding a goal, having a dream. Um, Lily Tomlin, the, uh, the comedian and actress, once said, I always wanted to be somebody. Maybe I should have been more specific. <laughs> so, so I think it is important to have a very uh, specific goal, desire. That's fine. Um, not pretend it's spiritual, but it's part of life. It's a normal human thing. And the next step, though, which they almost entirely ignore in The Secret, is taking action. And you understand that's what the peaceful warrior's approach to life is. Yes. The warrior's way is about action, so I have to emphasize that. So that's why I say again, dream big, but start small and connect the dots. Um, and if something effortlessly just appears in our life by synchronicity, I say that's wonderful. And if you can do that, keep doing it, whatever it is. But um, after you Mike. form the dream, then, then take the action. And I know later on in Oprah, you know, one of the people there who appeared said, first, first visualize, or first the thought, then the idea or the feeling, and then the action. I'd, I'd put the greatest emphasis on the action. Uh, so yes, my, my question is that, you know, if we're visualizing um, good health and wellness and then we come down with an illness, do you think sometimes people have a tendency to then blame themselves? Oh, I didn't visualize right, or I did something to visualize the illness. With, with that methodology of visualizing and seeing it, can that happen where if it doesn't happen, then we go into self-blame? I agree with you completely, Patricia, uh, in that, well, look, sometimes I'll speak before groups of people, often I do that, and I say, please raise your hand if you read a book on positive thinking. And all, most of the hands go up. And then I say, please keep your hands high if you've only had positive thoughts for, say, the last week, all the hands go down. <laughs> and I say, ah, but you probably all assume if you'd really been conscientious, if you'd read the book three times and highlighted all the important parts and studied and applied and concentrated and had enough faith, then you too would be having only positive thoughts. And, of course, we assume the authors of those books just have positive thoughts, and I suggest that's idealism. Sometimes my thoughts are positive. Sometimes they're negative, and that's okay. So in the same way, I agree with you that when someone uh, visualizes good health or goals or they don't reach their goals, they assume, oh, it's my lack of faith. I didn't visualize hard enough. Mm-hmm. It's my fault. So it's almost foolproof. They give this... This kind of, they, they call it a law of attraction, but it's not even a spiritual law. Because what, one thing that makes something a law is you can count on it every time, like the law of gravity. Um, but this isn't a law. This is something people, sounds good to them and fascinating, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And again, if it works for somebody, I say, that, God bless you, you know, keep doing it. But um, frankly, you know, my, my blog goes into a little more detail at the website, but um, I, we do tend to blame ourselves and think it's our failing. We've created our reality and we get a cold. Uh, you know, sometimes I just get cold. Sometimes you're tired yes. and you get thrown out of whack and then you get a cold and it passes and you move on with life. And so I think we uh, don't need another reason to beat ourselves up. Okay. 
Here's one of here's one of the concepts in your book that I'd love you to explain. I love the it's a very catchy title. It says trust in God but tie your camel. What do you mean, Dan? Yeah, that's an Arabic saying, one of my favorites. It expresses that idea of balance. You know, it's like living with our head in the clouds, fine, but our feet have to be on the ground at the same time. And that's a stretch for some of us. So it's a matter of faith and reason and, and uh, belief in action. Yeah, trust in God. Sure. Let's, you know, thy will be done. That's very, very important. That's central to life. But at the same time, you might want to tie up your camel so it doesn't run off. Or, you know, as they say in the West, keep your gunpowder dry. Um, so it's a matter of, of both. You know, uh, Gypsy Rose Lee once said, trust in God, but get it in writing. Uh, it's been said <laughs> different ways, you know. So I, I think it's taking care of, uh, of uh, well, there's a story about this fellow Wally who prayed every weekend. To, for, to win the lottery. And he would, he would implore, he would plead to God, God, I've been a good man, I've donated to the church, and I've, I've done all these things, and I'm a good father and parent, I've, all these years I've worked hard, please just once let me win a lottery, even a little lottery. Well, finally, after years of this, I guess an impatient voice thundered down from the heavens and said, Wally, will you go halfway with me and buy a ticket? <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing, you know? Buy a ticket. Do your part. Co-create. It's not about just waiting for someone to give you stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, when you talk about do your part, uh, one of the things in your book that you stress is is dietary habits, is eating well, feeding the body well. Talk about that. Well, many people have come to me in the past. I was doing some uh, consultations when I had time in the past, and and. They would say, I have an emotional problem. I have a spiritual problem. I have this, I'm feeling out of balance. And the first three questions I asked them were, one, are you doing regular moderate exercise? Two, are you eating a balanced diet? And three, are you getting enough rest? And, you know, that's the trinity of health. If someone does regular moderate exercise, eats a balanced diet, I didn't say pure, natural, organic, vegetarian, vegan, raw foods, breath varying, whatever. I just said a balanced diet. We, it's, life's an experiment. You find out what works best for you, what kind of foods. And then third, getting enough rest. M- many of us are sleep deprived. Um, if we do those three things, it provides a foundation for life, and a lot of those problems we thought we had kind of go away. And even if we have real problems to address, we're in a lot better condition to address them if we've done those three basic things, but we talk about these subtle spiritual things and magical foods and all all these complications, you know, there's a saying that the lesson is simple. The student is complicated. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Dan Millman, who his website is peacefulwarrior.com or danmillman.com. Is that correct, Dan? Yes, either one. Okay, all right. And he is the best-selling author of The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which is coming out as a movie on DVD. And also, his newest book is Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior, a companion to the book that changes lives. This is a specially pre-recorded program for you. Log on to the website, Peaceful Warrior or danmillman.com, either one. And folks, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. 
the woman MVP who sets you free with host, entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, corporate executive, philanthropist, wife, and mother, Luann Mitchell-Halter, is an exciting and provocative look at the real world with real exciting guests and real stories of triumph and professionalism with a dash of spice sharing recipes for a better world on all the playing fields of life. Join Luann Mitchell-Halter as she and her guests uncover and expose us to our abilities to create our very own Big League MVP, My Victory Plan, Potential for Greatness. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free with Luann Mitchell-Halter broadcast each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free. It's time to get off the bleachers, play the game of life, and be the MVP. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. Radio to thrive by. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where women and wine angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Always excited to be on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. And Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live the life you want. I have an amazing guest who is a real pioneer in the whole consciousness movement, and you can log on to his website. His name is Dan Millman. Dan is the best-selling author of The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which is soon to be a movie on DVD, and he is the author of the newest book, Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior. You can log on to PeacefulWarrior.com or DanMillman.com, M-I-L-L-M-A-N. Dan Millman is a former world champion gymnast, Stanford coach, martial arts instructor, and college professor. After half a lifetime of exploring the heart of various wisdom traditions, he's dedicated his life to bringing greater clarity, purpose, meaning, and perspective to men and women of all walks. He has 12 books, including The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, and they've inspired millions of readers in 29 languages. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you, Okay, now there's something in your book here. I, I want to read a quote, and I'd love you to comment on this. You talk about, in the wisdom of the peaceful warrior, the meaning of happiness. And here's what you write, and I'd love you to elaborate. You write, 
it's become clearer to me, it, and it took 60 years and a great deal of experience to reach even this tentative conclusion, that what we truly seek is meaning, purpose, and connection. We seek the transcendent. And the only way to experience this unconditional bliss is to have realized our divine source and nature, to experience complete, complete liberation from the separate self. What do you mean? Well, I thought you said it very well. <laughs> um, actually, you, said it well. <laughs> you know, I, I, made a, a, I made much in the original book, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, about happiness, how important it was to be happy. Because I had looked at our lives and all the things we thought we were seeking, a new car, better relationship, if only I'd had children, if only I hadn't had children, if only I'd gone to college, if only I had more money, and so on, then I'd be happy. And I thought all these symbols of happiness were substituting for the thing itself. And uh, as Socrates once told me, there are a lot of reasons to be unhappy. Read the newspapers, and there are not too many mental reasons to feel happy. So that's why he recommended unreasonable happiness. And so Peaceful Warrior was a lot about living happy, radiating happiness and all that. But really, after 25 years, you know, I've had a chance to consider that. And yes, of course it's nice to be happy. I'd rather feel happy than unhappy. And yet, feelings come and go naturally. If we were happy all the time, how would we know it? So it's a natural cycle of feelings, ups and downs. And I began to look at happiness, and I said, is that the end point of human evolution, for everyone to be walking around with a gleeful smile on their face? I don't think so. So I thought deeper about it, and it seems to me what each of us really want in our lives is meaning, a chance to know our lives count for something, that we connect up to a larger purpose. And purpose meaning direction, like why am I here? How can I serve? How can I make a difference? It's a fundamental human instinct, and connection means connecting with ourselves, for one thing, knowing ourselves, and having that, uh, that being a friend to ourselves, and also connecting with other people, of course, and also connecting with a larger reality. Now, I am not, I am not a religious person in the traditional sense of believing there is a God I pray to and intervenes in my day-to-day life, or the, the football team that prays the best wins the game, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm not really of that religious sort. I am more of a deist, though. I do believe there is some kind of universal beauty and intelligence and, and even, even love, which is a stretch, in the universe, the way the laws unfold, the way life has come about, and the innate beauty in the world. So I do believe in a transcendent, and we could even call it divine reality, um, just as I believe this is a divine school we're all in, we call daily life. So that is what I, I think we're seeking. Henry David Thoreau once said, most men go fishing all their lives without realizing it's not fish they're after. Mm-hmm. And that was one way of putting it, that we're all seeking something and it tends to be represented in just making us feel good. That's kind of the lowest, most basic level. Most of us just want to feel good more of the time and feel bad less of the time. Which is, well, that, you know, that's more, it's a human thing to want to well, feel. Well, that, that was, my next question is kind of built around that and that's yeah. about You've taught thousands of people in workshops for many years. What is it you find most of us are stuck on? What is it we're mostly looking for? Is there a common theme here? Well, you know, I think there is. And I don't mean to sound cynical. I'm not. Uh, I'm not at all because I accept our humanity. But at this phase in our humanity, most people would settle for just feeling good. If they just feel good. And most things things that get sold to people, whether it's self-help books, whether it's experiences, travel, all about we're going to make you feel good. You're going to feel confident. You're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to feel good. 
But feelings come and go. Sometimes we feel good and sometimes we don't. And by acting constructively, by behaving in ways that function well, getting things done, doing acts of kindness, providing service for people, we'll tend to feel good more of the time. Uh, that's how we do it. We don't, we don't try to feel good first. You know, you feel self-respect by doing what is respectable. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. And it, it's not as appealing or magical or fascinating as some of the, the uh, so-called spiritual secrets that, that people are exposed to. But I hope it's common sense. Absolutely. All right. And your message, Dan, we've come to a close. If people get one thing out of this interview today on the way of the peaceful warrior and the wisdom of the peaceful warrior and Don Millman's personal philosophy, what is it? It comes down to this. Trust the process of your life unfolding. Trust the process. We second-guess ourselves so much. I should have done this. I shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. If we just trust the process of our life, it is working out okay. We have, we have time. And, and faith is the courage to live as if everything that happens is for our highest good in life. Mm-hmm. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the program. I'm glad the whole time worked out. Uh, I'm glad I was able to stay, and a pleasure speaking with you, Patricia. It really was. Thank you so much, Dan Millman, Dan Millman, who is the author of The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, The Wisdom of the Peaceful Warrior. Soon, his movie is coming out very soon on DVD, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And you can log on to PeacefulWarrior.com and DanMillman.com. Thanks again, Dan. My pleasure. Next week's guest is very interesting, folks. Uh, next week is my milestone birthday. And... I'm wondering if I should tell you what it is. You can look on my website and guess, but it's a big milestone birthday for me. And I'm going to be interviewed. The tables are turned. Pat, the Pat, the Dr. Pat Show, who was on Voice America, and she's on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific. You can listen to my show with her, where she interviews me on my milestone birthday. And uh, we say what that is when listening. So it's about my philosophy of positive living, the work I've done over the last 25 years, and what I really believe in and why this is so important to keep doing positive living and how much I love work and love all of you for listening. So until next week, it's going to be pre-recorded, but I'll see you in May. I love you all. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, and remember to be connected. Find love in your life and people who care about you and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com.